And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, host of today's episode of Startup Hustle, founder of Marknology, here to cover all things startup, e-com, Amazon, uh, the marketplaces, you name it. Today, we're going to be talking about how to land clients without breaking your bank. Uh, today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. Today's guest is actually in Vietnam, coming up on midnight there. So I'm super thankful that he's uh, stayed up late to be with us here on Startup Hustle. AJ Casada from Revenue Boost, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Andrew. Really excited for today's chat. Yeah, I uh, have always wanted to go to Vietnam, so I'm a little envious today, uh, especially because you were probably there during the pandemic. I think you said you've been there the last four years, and I can imagine being uh, at least the environment I picture in my mind of Vietnam. Uh, I lived in Hawaii and Africa for a long time, and just thinking about that that environment during that time sounds, I'm envious. Yeah, it wasn't a bad place to be stuck, uh, stuck uh, during the pandemic. Yeah, so um, calling in from Vietnam, uh, you and your wife um, run an agency called Revenue Boost, or, or I, I would consider it an agency, maybe it's a professional coaching program. Um, before we jump into exactly everything that that is, because I want to discover kind of how you're working with agencies or uh, business owners today, we'll get into some of the nitty gritty gritty details about how to really grow your business without a lot of marketing spend. Let's talk about AJ a little bit. Um, you actually, we we're talking before the show, you're, you're originally from New York. Uh, now you're in Vietnam. So there's there's definitely some story in between there. Uh, did you always know, you know, you're going to be working with agency owners to be a business owner, an entrepreneur? Uh, when did you first get the bug? Yeah, I just kind of had an inkling I would run a business. My dad also ran a business. He had, um, he actually dropped out of college as well to, he started a tech company and he sold it like, in like the pre-internet days when it was like uh, okay. 19. Um, so I always thought that was cool growing up, but I didn't really, didn't really know exactly like what starting a business was. Uh, I kind of fell into it when I went to college. Uh, I went to school as an undeclared major. Like a lot of people just kind of got like shoved into the assembly line of school, right? Without knowing what the plan was. Um, and it started because someone came into my classroom, a recruiter, and he was like, hey, do you want to work in sales? And I was like, sales, that could be good for me. You know, I do yeah. enjoy socializing. I love talking to people. And it ended up being like a door-to-door sales job for a house painting company, right? So I was going door to door selling construction services. And, you know, it was a really hard thing. I think it was a great way to first get my break into business. And I kind of realized that then I had a knack for like business and selling things. I ended up being like the, the top sales rep in New York State that year. And I was a freshman in school. I made way more money doing that than I was delivering pizzas months ago before that. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, this is cool. There might be something here. I ended up actually just pursuing that opportunity full-time because the company really liked me. So they gave me a full-time role to even like hire and manage a sales team. And um, yeah, long story short, I dropped out of school when I was 19 and just decided to embrace it full time. Because by that point, I knew like I, I didn't want to run some kind of business. I didn't know what it would be. didn't know it would be digital marketing. And I realized like, okay, I was getting so much by actually just doing this in real life, right? By actually going out and talking to people, closing deals, negotiating, all of that, um, rather than just what I was learning in school, right? Mm. So that was where I initially got the book. Okay, so you got you get the bug, you're working in sales. I think that's a great spot for anyone that's learning or like that wants to build a business or start a business is like what whatever you're gonna build, you need to learn how to sell it. <laughs> and you need yeah. to learn how to get rejection and and turn those into yeses and uh learn to work with other people. And um a lot of times you'll you'll hear that uh, a lot of business owners start in sales, like whether that's mowing lawns or you know, whatever the case is. And you learned it early at nineteen, just kind of being like that, look this is what I'm going to need to do uh, to get where I want to be. Why go into school and learn this for me a little bit different because I was, a f I didn't have any um, family members that had been through college and I was definitely out on my own trying to figure things out. And so I was like this, I want to be the first to get a college degree kind of thing. And uh, so yeah. slow down, you know, slow down to get that um, in hindsight, I don't regret it at all because it was like, 
just pushing myself for further education. But at the same time, man, if I could have gotten those, for me, it was five or six years uh, to get my degree. If I could get those years back, um, how much further would I be in business? But, you know, each one, everybody has their own path. So let's talk about you're selling outdoor, you're selling painting or outdoor construction services. Uh, You're building a sales team Mm -hmm. at 19 years old. Uh, What happens after that? Yeah, so I ended up working and growing within the company for about five years or so till I was uh, till I was twenty three, and I learned a lot. Like I, I knew I didn't want to be working for someone forever, but I just took the opportunity to just learn and you know, again, gain that real world experience in kind of a safe environment. I think there's that if you want to be an entrepreneur and you're younger, I think there's nothing wrong with getting a job for a bit, especially like a sales or marketing job, and just being able to learn those skills to give you that head start before you before you go out and do it on your own and take all the risks, right? So. I just had to really refine those skills. And after five years, I got a little bit burned out. I also felt like I wasn't just growing that much more because it started to be like just the, the same thing um, over and over again. And um, at that point, I kind of discovered digital marketing because our company, like, so the company that I worked for, College Works Painting, they were like a $40 million company, but they did no online marketing. It was all offline, all door to door, traditional flyers, trade shows, all that. Um, and I started just playing around with, you know, Facebook ads to see if I could generate leads that I didn't have to go with like, 20 people knocking on thousands of doors, right? Because it was, especially in New York, it's like brutal in the winter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so out of desperation, I, I decided to play around with online marketing. Um, I learned that it, like it worked. I remember I launched my first Facebook campaign. I, I asked my boss for like a $200 budget or something and I got a couple leads and I was like, oh my God, this actually works. There's actually a way I can do this behind my computer. Scalable. Having, yeah. What, what year was this? That was like 20, 2017. Uh, so still okay. like digital marketing was pretty popular, but it was just, it was a company that was been around for like 30, 40 years. So I try to convince them like, Hey guys, we should shift over this. But you know, when a company has built their business of 30, $40 million from just doing the same thing, they're not always that, uh, R and D is not part of their, part of their plan. Yeah. They're like, Hey, that's a good idea. This is cool. But like what we're doing works. So, um, so they weren't open to it, but I really, at that point, like geeked out over digital marketing. That was like a light bulb moment. Right. And I was just, um, playing around with it, really enjoyed it. And because I was kind of working in marketing, I've had some friends and, that were starting businesses and were asking me for help. And then I kind of realized like, Hey, maybe I could just start a business helping people with their marketing. Right. Cause I've done this at this company. So that was where I ended up starting my first, um, first agency. Okay. So you were selling, um, for the company you've been with for five years and then like started consulting on the side. I would say, is that, is that what you're getting at for like other businesses? I, I did something very similar. I was an e-commerce manager was wanting to push the envelope and things we could try and do. And they were just really like, mm, slow, yeah, but exactly. I was so passionate and obsessed with it. I was just like, I got to do more, got to do more. So I started freelancing on the side uh, for others in the Amazon space. Um, I had a question as you were kind of sharing that, knowing that your dad had uh, built a company and a successful exit, I would assume. Mm-hmm. Um, how did he feel about you, you know, dropping out of school and going into sales at 19? Uh, he supported it. My dad's always been cool to just like, let me, do whatever I want to do. Um, not in a bad way, like obviously within staying healthy and safe and all that, but like more supported me and my brother and sister's career decisions, even if it was like, you know, working at a piece of delivery forever, right? It's just more like, hey, just do, do what makes you happy, right? Um, but because he was also able to drop out of school and um, make it work, I think he saw that like, yeah, it wasn't really that necessary if you want to build a business. My mom at the other time was freaking out because she was, uh, she was a nurse, so she was like school, school, school. She's now almost 60 and she's going back to school again for like her second master's, which is nuts. So. She was, uh, she was not so happy about it, but um, it's kind forever of... Forever student. Yeah, yeah for, exactly. forever student. Yeah, I was just curious because I think it can go either way. You know, you can have um, parents even that are entrepreneurs that are just like, wow, this is a really big... It's a hard thing. You know, it's a hard thing to create something out of nothing. And you can have others that are like... I definitely had the dad that was... Um, uh, you know, he took us to Africa in the middle of the jungle. So he was definitely like a, you know, chase your dreams, jump all in kind of guy. Um, just curious... Uh, how, how that went down in your family. Um, okay, so you, you're working the sales job, you're trying Facebook leads, it's starting to work. Um, you've been doing marketing, you're getting kind of bored with, you know, going door to door, you're just like, this isn't a scale, it's gonna be more, more scalable. Um, and you start consulting on the side for some friends or some, uh, you know, some colleagues doing business stuff. Um, was it just you? Did you bring in some friends? Did you start packaging your offers? Like, how did that agency come to life? Yeah, so at first I was just doing whatever I could get my hands on, like, you know, probably how a lot of people start in the agency where they're just doing, okay, you need a website, I'll do that for you, you need ads, I'll, I'll learn that and do that for you. Um, just kind of exhausting, you know, my network. I remember my first serious client was like a bagel shop, which I thought was, which is hilarious. I still remember, still remember that deal. 
Um, but yeah, I did partner up with a buddy of mine who worked at the company who was also interested in maybe moving on and doing something else at that point and starting a business. Um, so we ended up just do, kind of freelancing together, but there wasn't really like a focus or a niche or a, a clear offer. I didn't even know what any of that was yet. I was just kind of, again, just really obsessing with it like you were and just helping out whoever I knew with whatever I could. And then along the way, kind of started to realize, uh, realize I need to niche down, focus and actually build something scalable. Um, but at first, it was just like, do whatever I get my hands on and just kind of learning as much as I could about, uh, about the marketing space. Okay, so whenever you arrive there, whenever you arrive at like, I need to niche down, um, and you had a buddy helping you, kind of freelancing alongside each other, uh, and I definitely understand that. I, I definitely left my company and had a partner at the time where we were kind of working in tandem. She did marketing, brand management, Facebook ads, logo design, and I was like Amazon and and doing the sales and, mm-hmm. and going out there and getting business. Um, but we were really just freelancers working, you know calling it under the same umbrella. And then there was this moment where I had taken a trip to Thailand uh, with my sister and um, had just the, the trip of my life. It like opened my mind. And uh, I came back and was just like, I want to build something much bigger than what I'm doing, something that can, you know, take care of my family and just create a different lifestyle for myself than, than freelancing, so to speak. Um, and that was maybe six years ago in, in a nine year journey. So the first three years were like freelancing and just doing projects. And then the the last six have been just like, really, I'm, I'm building an agency. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, how did that start to take shape? Just just curious, like, uh, as you started to build your offer and niche down, did your partner go with you on that idea? Um, you know, was it something you're like, I'm going to go a different direction, I want to try to, you know, focus on this? Um, what where the next step come from? Yeah, I mean, it was so the partner didn't follow. Um, and there was a point where, kind of like you said, I realized, like, I want to do this. I want to go all in. I want to do it properly. And my partner still wanted to stay at his uh, sales job for a bit. So I was like, okay, I'll just do this on my own. The girl I was dating at the time, my ex girlfriend, she also was wanting to quit her job. So she was interested by what I was doing. So I was like, hey, why don't you partner with me and I'll teach you what I know or what I've learned so far. And, you know, you can handle a lot of the back end, the finance. I hate dealing with that stuff. And I'll just focus more on getting clients. So, uh, yeah, left, left that one partner because he was just more looking at it as like a side hustle and um, ended up, yeah, going all in with uh, my girlfriend at the time. And we actually ended up deciding to uh, get, get in the van and travel the U.S. And we lived on the road for like almost six months. And we would go down to some of the major cities in the U.S. and uh, just prospect clients. So it was very much, uh, very much like vagabonding. Now we're getting to the good stuff. Okay, so you're then going door to door, but now like city to city uh, and just prospecting. Did you like pick a specific business type that was like kind of your sweet spot. Like, you know, you started with a construction services and then you're doing other service-based businesses like um, a bagel shop and, you know, probably restaurants and things like that. Um, did you ever get into, did you stay B2B, I guess is what I'm getting at. And if so, um, you know, what was working at that time? What was really working for you guys? Yeah. So at that time, you know, after I did it for about a year or so, just the odd freelancing, I realized that it wasn't scalable to just be the everything person for everyone, right? Like we all realize at some point. So we started focusing on uh, alternative health-based businesses like naturopaths or like uh, gyms or fitness studios. Um, Cause that was what me and my, my uh, again, the girlfriend at the time were really passionate about. And we also had a lot of connections there um, cause she worked in that space previously. So we focused on those businesses and yeah, we would just go from city to city and just basically build a list of prospects, right? A list of companies that fit that, fit that niche. So it was like yoga studios, fitness studios, health food store, things like that. And, um, yeah, we would build a list and have the address, have the phone number, have the social media. And really it worked at first. We just tried everything. Nothing, nothing really worked for a while. It was like two months of just absolute crickets. And it was like, okay, I'm running out of money. I think I'm going to have to go back home soon and maybe get my old job back. Um, but then really like, I, I knew that, I knew that outbound was good, always going to be a good way. That was kind of where I first discovered it. And I realized like, okay, I did outbound for years, you know, building sales into this company and doing telemarketing and cold calling door to door. Maybe I can do that in the online space. So that's when we started like DMing people on social media, um, DMing business owners, but we'd always get the gatekeepers. So that didn't really work. We showed up in person, but it always felt like we were stalking people because they were like, come back later. We'd come back later, like wait outside in the parking lot. Um, and also again, always live with the gatekeepers. So what did actually click was doing, uh, doing cold email. So sending personalized emails. We even would record videos like talking about the business and how much we wanted to help them and what we could see they could use improvement with. So after trying a lot of things with no luck for months and yeah, literally at one point, I remember I had like less than 500 bucks in my bank and I was like, okay, we might have to travel home, right? Because like, I need to get a client like fast. Otherwise, this is, this is not going to work. Um, 
right at that point, like things started clicking with cold email. We got a few callbacks and then just in a couple of weeks, we closed a couple of clients for like two to three K retainers. At that point I niched down to just doing paid media. So Facebook and Google ads specifically just for lead gen. And um, yeah, like just within a couple weeks time, we had 6K in monthly retainers and I was like, okay, I'm safe. And now I at least know this niche works, this offer works and we have that one channel to get clients. So it was like, just gonna rinse and repeat by that point. Yeah, I had your first offer. And I think that's that's so big for a business that's trying to get like, um, you know, it's footing is to essentially find what, where's that one area that, that I can get revenue um, and rinse and repeat. I think a lot of times, like I'm definitely like a, a hybrid kind of personality where I'm I'm an artist and I'm, you know, I'm data driven. I've got a computer science degree around networking and security. Like I know how to build systems and, and program. Uh, but I, I really think of myself as like, creative person an artist person like I grew up in a weird environment where imagination was everything and you know so I'm a, I'm a dreamer well knowing those two things you've got you know I, I definitely connect with a lot of artists and makers and things like that and so often they're they want to you know let's say that you are you love building websites uh you know and you're like I want to build dope websites I want to build really cool websites but you're just having a hard time getting a five thousand dollar a ten thousand dollar website built you know uh or, or landing that with a client that like, we've already got one or this or that um we'll find what they're they're struggling to get right struggle you know um is it that they need more business uh is it you know the leads are have a direct ROI to them and I think that that's something that's big when it comes to selling your services is like, what can you do as a creative uh, that you can rinse and repeat and do over and over and over again? So you're not having to figure out, reinvent the wheel every time you're trying to find a project or a deal. Uh, and, you know, if you're a videographer, if you're a photographer, uh, is it weddings? Is it cars? Is it parks? Is it food? Um, you know, and dig down into that niche and, and get a little bit of a reputation for that, a little bit of a playbook that you can show to the next client. Look what we did here. Look what we did here. Um, and that can then create whatever else you want to do down the road. Right. But for me, at least in the Amazon space at the beginning, I was doing a lot of stuff I didn't love, but it was enough to give me the freedom to continue doing what I was doing and not go back to a day job. So um, I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, so you've got your first couple of clients, you're you're still in the van on the road. Um, you've got a couple of retainer of clients, you're like, this is working, uh, which is an amazing feeling when it first starts. Yeah. Clicking and you're just like, yeah, I got it. I don't have to go home. Um, okay, so did you guys just keep running that with on the paid media side? Like what, you know, obviously, you're in Vietnam there. Uh, Vietnam now and I think you have a different agency now uh, than you did then um, kind of tell the life story of that of that business yeah so we ended up crossing the 10k mark shortly after because again once you kind of figure out once, that's, that's when I realized once you figure out your niche and your offer and it works you have a couple of clients that you deliver something to and they're happy and they all look the same it's just rinse and repeat so we just kept really just refining our outbound process which is cold email and um, ended up again moving back into a house after that point because now we had sustainable income from the business so fun travels were over and now it's time to just grow it. But then I ended up moving out to, that was when I ended up traveling to Vietnam and me and the business partner kind of split up as we started kind of growing apart. Like we had already broken up actually, but we were still on good terms and working together. But then things just kind of didn't really click as we were going different directions. And I think moving across the world didn't really, didn't really help it so much. Um, and then plus at that point, you know, we COVID hit and we lost like 80% of our clients. So that was an opportunity wow. like, okay, now at least we have an opportunity to maybe just split up and do our own thing. Um, can, can, we talk, can we pause right there just for a second? So, um, COVID hit, you lost 20% of your clients. 80%. Is that be 80%? Sorry. Was that because you were in like the gym fitness, like in person, those were because that was ultimately, you know, the majority of your clients. Yeah. All of our clients were all like brick and mortar local businesses. So they were all like, they love what we were doing, but they were all just like, Hey, we, we just like, let go half our staff and put them all on like pause. So we, we don't need more business. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um so what were the businesses that stayed? If you had a few, were, were they just like ones that weren't in person? Were they some ones that stayed open? Like um, us specifically, like in the e-commerce space, in the Amazon space, um, I would say during the pandemic, we didn't gain a lot of new clients. Like we weren't getting like a lot of new people to say, oh, I want to take this Amazon journey or I want to invest in, you know, my e-com. Um, but we we were blessed and fortunate to not lose a lot. We lost a few um, and just like buckled down and kind of rode the wave. Um, I, I'm interested to just hear about like kind of like who stayed, who who was still like I guess using paid media because some of the businesses that stayed with us like exploded like during mm -hmm. that time they they really really grew. Um, 
who was the 20 percent um and and what pivot came from that yeah anything that was really essential so like we had some doctor's offices or clinics and those were the ones that i guess got hit, hit the least by it right because they were still in most places like still allowed to still allowed to do business um but but yeah it was, it was tough for sure it was like finally i finally i built it right finally i accomplished what i or the beginning of what i set out to do after leaving my job and then it was just like a big uh huge setback um but i know a lot of people suffered suffered greatly through COVID, so that was that was tough for all of us um but it was it was a cool thing for me because again like i, I was already kind of growing away growing apart a little bit from the business partner um so i was to me like an opportunity to just go out on my own and do do the next thing and I was thinking about really applying Legion on a, on a larger scale. So I ended up joining a coaching program with Dan Wardrobe and my, my buddy who was visiting me in Vietnam, he was really wanted to go that, wanted, wanted to go this direction. And he's more of like a technical media buying guy. I'm more of the sales guy. So we decided to partner up and kind of relaunch. Um, and we did paper leads. So we basically did national level Legion for companies and home services, you know, back to, back to my roots and then also business finance. So that was where we would do like, we'd say, Hey, you don't have to pay anything. You just prepay for the leads. Um, and we would just pay for the leads on our own dime and then charge them like $50, $60 a lead. So that was kind of when I first did into performance marketing, which was uh, a ton of fun, a lot of risk, a lot of reward. We had some clients where we lost money on, um, but some clients that were paying us like even 10, 20K a month. So that was, that was a cool learning experience because I learned like I was doing the same thing essentially, but I was just, instead of working with brick and mortar, I was working with companies that would value what I was doing a lot more or I could bring a lot more value to because they were like, you know, just larger companies. And uh, again, pretty much doing the same thing, but just applying it in a, in a different vehicle. And uh, that was a huge shift. And of course, getting some coaching, you know, being able to reinvest back into the business, that was, uh, that was helpful too. Because up until that point, it was just kind of like winging it. Did you get that idea from, and I, and I forget the name that you used, you said you joined a course, you got some coaching. Um, was it through that coaching that kind of said, hey, this is how I want to restructure my business and the type of niche I want to go for. And this performance marketing might be elite. Because I do believe... Um, as someone that started with like set retainers and needing to know what I was going to get paid on a project, um, to going into like, okay, I'm really betting on myself on the performance marketing. Cause I've always been someone that's just like, you know, I'm very careful with resources because I just didn't have a lot, you know, growing up. So it would be like, okay, to go spend on these ads or to spend on this, uh, these products and hope that we get sales in order to get paid for the work uh, is a leap. I think that's a, you know, it's a ballsy move, so to speak. Um, did you get kind of some of this direction from coaching or is it just something that you're like, look, people are asking us to, uh, well, can we just pay per lead? And you're like, let's give it a shot and go. Like what, what kind of pushed you in that direction? Yeah, it all started by just finding a course. So it was with a guy named Dan Wardrobe. Um, okay. so he, he teaches that marketing agency kind of shift, can shift to the performance-based model. Um, and yeah, it was a buddy of mine who was visiting me that was like following his stuff for months. It was like, Hey man, we got to do this. This is a great opportunity. Cause by that point I had the sales system. Like I had the repeatable way to get clients and generate leads. So I was okay. like, what's a higher leverage opportunity I could, I could, uh, I could, um, focus on now that I have the opportunity since like the business is just at a, at a whole pause with COVID. Um, so yeah, it started with the course and then it, it definitely is a big leap to go full performance based. So we still kept some retainer clients. I think if you're. If you're like changing your niche or changing the direction of your company, it doesn't have to be always an overnight thing. It could be a gradual process so that you're still, you know, covered with your expenses and whatnot. So it, it was a gradual thing, but then like six months later, we had pretty much most of our most of our revenue coming in just from paper lead. And, it was, and again, it was it was really risky. It's it's uh, but if you know what you're doing and you know the space really well and you know what the leads cost, then it works fine. Um, but we again, we had some clients that we were working hard for, getting paid nothing because we weren't we weren't getting the results we needed. And some clients that were paying us upwards of 10k a month so it was uh it was fun it was definitely definitely exciting okay so it was fun that obviously leads way to say that something changed from there uh which i'm going to get into before we do a shout out again to our sponsor finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult especially when you visit fullscale.io where you can build a software team quickly and affordably use a full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers testers and leaders are ready to join your team Visit FullScale.io to learn more. So, you know, our title for today is Land Clients Without Breaking Your Bank. And lead generation and landing clients in the B2B space it isn't easy. It, it can take a lot of money if you're if you're paying for ads or you're spending in the wrong, you're spending in the wrong area. Um, Marknology has worked with clients as, um, you know, Fortune 100 all the way down to mom and pop shops. So we've kind of worked the gambit. And but a lot of the times it's 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 companies with limited resources that we're trying to compete with the big dogs. Um, talk to me and, and I don't want to get away from your story too much. I want to come back to it. But um, 
you know, you were spending money in this performance based model, you were spending money ahead of time, expecting to get leads based on your efforts, um, you know, and then get paid huge upside, but some risk as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And it takes some money to make money in that model. Um, Knowing that we're talking about ways of of marketing your business without spending a lot. Where does that come into play here? Uh, because, you know, obviously lead gen with Facebook ads um, and stuff like that takes money. Uh, what was the next step? Yeah, for sure. So what we were doing for our clients involved ad budget, but to, to get our clients and basically build our roster in the first place, we were just using free methods, mainly with okay. Outbound, right? So that was um, that was LinkedIn outreach and that was cold email outreach and then a little bit of uh, cold calling as well. But that was kind of what I... What I had developed for my first attempt at building the agency, it was what worked over there in the brick and mortar space. So I just applied that into a different space and over time just really kept refining the whole outbound process. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm a big believer like you don't need to spend a lot of money to get clients. I didn't have any money when I started my first business because I kind of left my left my job in the hall, didn't have much savings. I was just really eager to go like all in for it. I didn't really plan, you know, years in advance for it. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think desperation breeds that creativity, right? Um, yeah. When you get your back against the wall, when you're down to your last 500, you're like, yeah. what else can we do? Uh, it can also be almost like a toxic behavior an addictive behavior, at least for myself, something I've worked through where my best self comes out when my back's against the wall. Uh, so at times I can kind of try to create that back against the wall situation. Uh, just, just cause I enjoy that version of myself when I'm at my best and my senses are heightened and my creativity is heightened. Um, how do yeah. I get to my best self, uh, without everything going crazy and chaos? Uh, so I can, I can, you know, I can relate to that because at times, you know, whether it's a relationship or it's in your business, like you're not trying to create chaos, you know, you want to just be your best self at all times. Um, but it is interesting how, uh, when, when you have to figure it out, a lot of times, uh, you do, and the best entrepreneurs always do figure that out. Um, okay. So you guys are doing Legion. Um, what comes next in your story in regards to like your partner that you had then? Are you still, are you guys still partners now? Is that revenue boost? Um, or was there another, another iteration of change? since then yeah so i started revenue boost along the way and i started it actually with my wife so i'll get into that um but what happened was so i was building this i was building the uh performance-based lead gen company and a lot of the people in that coaching program i was in that community with dan wardrobe they were reaching out to me asking us like how are we getting clients and i kind of realized like a lot of these agencies were struggling with getting clients to me that was the easy part of the business because that was what i did in my job providers i worked in sales and sales management so like the outbound the you know generating leads reaching out to decision makers at companies that was like you know, nine day for me. Um, so at that point, I started just helping some of these other people, other other agency owners I met, other people in the community, just for free. And then I remember one guy was like, "Hey man, this was really helpful." We had like a call, like I helped him with the sales process for like an hour or so. We were like role playing a sales call, and I was telling him how we're using cold email to generate clients. And he was like, "This is super helpful. Can I pay you for this?" And I was like, "You you pay me for this?" Like I was just talking to you and telling you what I did. And that's when I realized what consulting was. Um, and uh, so anyway, I ended up working with that one agency owner. A couple more people um, came my way, you know, started getting some referrals, word of mouth for that. And I really enjoyed it because when I worked in my corporate job, I did a lot of like sales coaching and I really enjoyed like coaching and leading a team and like teaching people, you know, mentoring them. So that was really where I got like a huge spark of fulfillment. And then I saw that gap too, because I was like, most of these other agency owners, they might, they're coming from the opposite background. I find that most agency owners, they... They worked like in an agency, they worked at a company doing marketing and they, they know the craft, they know the skill where I was the opposite. I came from doing sales and I kind of learned like what we were doing at the time and I had a partner that did the fulfillment. So I saw like a huge gap and saw all these agencies that need help with sales. And that's when I decided to, okay, I had a couple of consulting clients and like, let me actually start a proper business out of it because I really enjoyed it and saw the need. So that's when we started Revenue Boost with uh, my wife at the time. Um, she was working in real estate, but then COVID basically messed up the whole market in Vietnam. So I was like, hey, you know, let's... Same thing, right? Why don't you help me build this? Because I could use help with uh, with a lot of the back end. Um, so yeah, along the way, started Revenue Boost and just started teaching teaching our outbound sales strategies to other agencies and helping them with their whole, uh, whole customer acquisition process. No, I love it. And it's something that um, as an agency owner myself, I didn't come from an agency background. Um, definitely like a bootstrap, been a server, mm. worked in warehouses, been a painter, uh, been a landscaper in Hawaii during college, like worked at a surf shop uh was a traveling musician for four and a half years uh i've done a lot in a short amount of time um just trying to find my thing before i found e-commerce but 
the agency world wasn't like common or familiar for me. So it was definitely something that I was bringing all my other skills to the business, to, uh, you know, and then learning the agency stuff as I go, as I meet other agency owners or um, just the Amazon industry was so different than everything else that a lot of times it was hard to kind of just match up and use it as a um, as an example. But, um, you know, I was using sites like Upwork and Freelancer.com and uh, there was no Amazon uh, service providers at that time when I really started. So I was kind of as like a blue ocean. I was just in there finding leads and things like that. Um, but now at this time, our, our business almost works entirely off of like referrals or inbound marketing. And outbound is actually something that I'm in a course for. Uh, me and me and my sales guy kind of going through that, trying to learn some of the processes for cold email and things like that. It's definitely not something that uh, is just plug and play. There's a there's mm -hmm. a science to it. Um, so lead gen running Facebook ads, you know, or running uh, paid media to get ads. But you've hinted at, at content marketing, you've hinted at, um, you know, kind of doing some of the manual work on LinkedIn or building your list or building your customer, uh, your customer list. What does that look like uh, for someone that doesn't have a paid media budget that's, that's trying to go out there and get business? Obviously, for me, um, content marketing is something that takes months, sometimes even years to really get rolling. It's like a snowball effect uh, before it's really kind of producing results for you at a high level. Um, is that something you agree with or disagree with? Um, you know, what's a starting point for someone trying to cold email? Yeah, absolutely. No, and I think even if you do have a paid media budget, even if you could spend a little bit of money to get your business off the ground, you should still start with like outbound, right? Because, you know, in the beginning of launching a new business or a new offer, you're still figuring out like who's the right person to sell this to, what's the messaging around it. And if you walk into walk into running paid media with not being really clear on your business and the core components of it, you're going to end up burning a lot of money in testing, right? So I think outbound, even no matter what, like is just a great way to launch a new business and just validate your validate your offer, validate your niche in a pretty you know again low cost environment because you're just paying for a software. Um, so like so yeah, as far as someone getting started with cold email, there's only three steps to the process that we teach. There's identify, which is building a list of prospects. So you don't want to just go online LinkedIn and just start randomly messaging people. You want to ideally curate a list of target clients, right? Maybe a couple hundred or a couple thousand and just do that in bulk and then just go one by one messaging all of them through a sequence. Um, so first is actually building a list. Targeting is really important because again, if you're, if you have a great message, a great offer, but it's going to the wrong person, then it doesn't, doesn't really matter, right? So that's the first part to get right. So first you build your list. Second would be message. So actually writing your copy and stretching it into a sequence. You would, you don't want to have to message. You don't want to have to come up with a new message every time and just use that creative energy. Ideally, you just write a template that would fit for your list of prospects, you know, and you could personalize it a little bit, maybe change the first 10% to like, you know, customize to that person, but really it should just be like templated plug and play that way you're not having to think every time you want to message someone, right? Yeah. And then the third step would be follow up because you have a lot of people that are responding to your messaging on LinkedIn or email or whether you're doing some social media, but then you have to actually follow up to get them interested to book a call with you. So those are really the three steps of the process. Also, a reason I recommend it's a great channel for someone getting started because there's not too many moving parts to it. You just have to really kind of get better at targeting, get better at writing the copy, get better, get better at following up to book people into calls. But those are the three three things you just need to, you know, again, get down from a process standpoint. Yeah, a couple of things to add to that. Um, for me, cold email was like uh, I was on Upwork and Elance, and uh, I didn't really know email marketing at the time I was I was new to freelancing new to getting clients I'd read a blog about Upwork Elance uh and, and that was like where people that were work from home or remote uh, remote marketers were finding work and I was like writing up these just different email templates I guess like and you can message clients or apply for the job and so I would kind of get uh like apply all kind of uh comment maybe add a little bit of like custom messaging inside each one but really just a couple seconds and uh was copying and pasting doing anywhere between 20 and 50 a weekend and so mm -hmm. i would get one two three jobs through that uh even though they were like you know very low income at that time it was like still i was landing business and i would try all different kinds of approaches like I'm an e-commerce manager by day. I would try like more aggressive ones. I would try more passive ones. I would try, uh, you know, super confident ones, uh, try all different language and, and email types, bullet point lists. Uh, I really struggled to not be like overly professional. So 
uh, I'm like tattooed and got gauges like, uh, you know, and if someone sees me, they might not think like this guy's going to run my business or this guy's, um, you know, set, set to tell me what to do with my business. So when it came across through digital marketing, I, I like overcorrected and I wanted to be like super professional, just like, you know, outline communication, very proper English, just like, um, a little bit too much really uh because it was like not my voice not andrew's voice and it it honestly took some sales coaching sales copy coaching to get me where i have like i can write my voice better but um it worked and i knew that i could go back to that as my business would go through different ups and downs where i'm like okay we've lost a few clients we really need some business i need to be able i'm down to my 500 i need to be able to pay the bills and i would just get on there and hustle again um, building out my list, finding jobs to apply for. Uh, at times I was on Craigslist. I don't really feel like LinkedIn, when I first started this, LinkedIn was as big of a platform for getting business. It just wasn't, um, either I was too young to understand that or uh, it wasn't as big at the time. And so it was like, you know, these sites, but uh, was huge in regards to me, like really getting my start. And, and the only way, no one knew of Marknology, no one knew of Andrew Morgan's, no one knew of our company in Kansas City, no one knew that Aunt, people were doing Amazon services um, where it's like people coming to us. I was going to them and saying, you know, let me help you with your problem. Um, and not, there's not always sites like Upwork or Elance for what everyone's doing. I know that there's different um, mediums in different industries, but for me, uh, it was a hustle. And I knew that if I did, if I put in enough work, if I made enough cold calls, if I made enough cold emails, I was going to get clients. Um, so I can understand why that works today. I'm sure just the methods have changed a little bit, like, like you said, where you're building up your list on, on LinkedIn. Um, talk to me about like, let, let's say that, uh, this is, you know, there's a podcast for founders. We have people of all different levels here. Um, you're like, I don't know exactly who my client is. Like you had figured out that you wanted to do gyms and health services and things like that. And at the beginning with me, I didn't know, am I talking to an e-commerce manager, the digital marketing manager? Am I talking to the CEO, the VP of sales? Who wants to know about Amazon uh, and wants to talk to me about that? I struggled to figure out who I should be connecting with. And you talk about outbound marketing being like, I need to test my offer. Um, what's a strategy for, uh, I guess, testing a new offer with a list? Like, what would you go about? What would be some beginner steps for someone trying to build that first list? Uh, yeah, it's a really good question. I, I get asked that a lot. And again, when I first got into outbound Legion, I struggled with it too, right? Because there's, you know, if you open up LinkedIn, right, you'll see there's like, Tons and tons of people, right? You, you build any list, you'll see that there's like a lot of you could, you could, a lot of different companies you could work with. Tons of different search filters as well. So I would say, okay, there's probably two just two types of people listening to this. Some that already have a business, some that are just getting started. If you've already had a business, you've already have had clients before. You just need to reflect, right? Think about like your best clients, the clients that were the easiest to work with, the most profitable, that stayed the longest, and what were the job titles that you originally spoke to that made that decision, right? And what did the companies look like? What country were they in? How big were they? Were they like early stage or were they already having like a few hundred employees, right? Um, so just think between the commonalities and the characteristics between your best clients. That's going to be the best way to just, again, figure out who you should really hone in and focus on going forward. And if you're starting a new business and you don't have clients already, then again, you're just going to have to go through that experimentation process, right? Just through thinking, reflecting, and you can do a little bit of market research, maybe talk to some other people in your space. Um, but LinkedIn allows you to do all this research for free, right? You can go find like, 10, 20, 50 companies, pull them up that fit who you want to work with and just look at like, what are the job titles? What are the different people that work inside of this company in the marketing department or again, whatever department you're working with? Um, so you do a little bit of research, but you would just have to experiment. So if you don't really know who, what the right type of company is or what the right job title is, you're just gonna have to experiment, but you can just, you can A-B test that just like you would A-B test copyright. So you could have three lists, you know, right? One where it's, it's the CMO, one where it's the operation manager, one where it's the business owner, you know, have similar copy, but of course, talk about like a different pain point or different desire because different jobs that was in a company would care about different things. Um, but try to keep everything else mostly the same and then just see like, who are you getting the most responses from, right? So you can, you can test that out just like you would test out uh, copy or creative. I love it. Um, and I know, I know on me personally on LinkedIn, once I got, I think my business got over a million in sales, I started getting blasted. I must've hit yeah. some kind of tier uh, where now I'm of a certain size to hit people's lists because my, you know, my DMS, if I was a single guy and these were on Instagram, I would be like over inundated with dates. <laughs> uh, but it wasn't, it was LinkedIn and it was people just like, you know, wanting my business. I mean, every single day, there's probably like 30, 40 messages in my LinkedIn. Um, but there's cer certain ones that specifically stick out to me. 
Uh, and we were talking a little bit earlier. For me, it's like it's the ones I've taken a little bit of time to actually understand my business. Um, I feel like I've built something unique. It didn't exist before. Uh, there are other Amazon agencies, but let's look at age. I probably were, was building my company before they came about. Uh, so for a while, I had this chip on my shoulder that's like people aren't even like researching what we do or how we do it. And they're just like, you know, blanketly hitting me with one liners at the bar, so to speak. Yeah. Um, talk to me like for me, it was like someone taking the time to make a little a little video or screen recording about, uh, you know, some of my, my business or, or how they think or maybe an idea they're sharing with me about how they think they can get me clients, not just some generic mumbo jumbo, but like specifically, if I felt like I read something that was tailored to me, like this, this guy or this girl, like really thought about marketology and what type of clients were getting, they looked at maybe some of my uh, portfolios on, on the website and saw clients and looked at for a similar one like that and are talking to me about that uh, or referencing that these kind of things made me like, Oh, this is, they actually care about me. They're actually like researching my business and, and, and my field and my industry and definitely catch my attention, especially when it's just like, blind blind pickup line blind pickup line blind pickup line and you you get one that's like i really like your red hair uh or like something personal you know you're just like okay wow thank you so much um that's me just being a little dramatic and funny about it but like honestly i think that is the difference like that personalized uh it can be mass but also a little personalized um what's working i guess in in some of those like just just a generic answer i guess around what's working uh when you're trying to cold email a prospective client yeah, so that's a really good point, you know, that we're getting inundated with pitches, right? Even if you just sign up for a LinkedIn account, you'll have five people DMing you tomorrow, right? Um, so overall, what I would recommend everyone does is go actually in your LinkedIn account or go in your email and start paying attention to the cold email pitches that you get, right? Start looking at like what, start feeling what it feels like to actually be a prospect, right? Because that's the best way to get, in the, get into the mind of a prospect is to actually just be one, right? So what I do is I have a uh, category in my, or filter in my Gmail where I have like good cold emails, okay cold emails, and then awful ones. And I'll just like put the bad ones in there, put the okay ones in there, and then put the best ones that actually got me to click and maybe reply into another one. And whenever I'm writing, whenever I'm writing copy, I'll look between the two or between the three. And once you, once you start doing this for a couple of weeks, you'll start seeing patterns, right? You'll start seeing that most people write the same way, just like you said, right? You said that you're getting tons and tons of emails. They mostly look the same and a lot of them don't stand out. And now there's also more and ever, so it's becoming more important to stand out. After COVID, there's over a 100% increase in cold emails being sent, right? So think about that. Just in the last few years, there's almost double the amount of people sending cold email pitches to prospects, right? And you're not really just competing with your competitors. You're competing with anyone that's pitching your prospect anything, right? Because you're all competing at the end of the day for their time, attention, and money, right? So you got to look at like anyone else that's emailing your prospects or reaching out to them as competition because it's just, it's, you know, they only have limited attention, right? So again, just start to look at all the people that reach out to you and just look for the patterns and then you'll be able to easily see like, okay, 80% of people do this and it's not very good and it all looks the same. So let me just, let me just not do that. Right. And the example is what most people do is they'll just start off an email talking about themselves and their company. The one tip I could give the audience is to flip the script to talk about the prospect and their problems, right. Or the red hair, right. Um, rather than talking about your product and your company, because no one really cares about your product and your company until they know that you can help them with their life. Right. Cause again, yeah. up until like, five seconds before they read your email, you're just a complete stranger, right? So they don't, they don't have a reason to care about you yet, right? Um, it's kind of like you, people that send cold emails and they just try to talk about their company, their product and the benefits. It's just like skipping past the whole sales process, right? It's like, first, like, let's see if this person even has a need or has a problem in the first place, right? Or it'd be like at the bar going up to a girl and being like, hey, can, uh, can we get married tomorrow? Like I already picked out the venue, right? So you can't just like skip the whole sales process and get right to the sale. You're not really, you're not really trying to make a sale in, in cold outreach or outbound. You're just trying to, start a conversation before you can try to make a sale, right? And again, you'd ideally move that person over to a call to, to you know, to go through the rest of the sales process. Um, but yeah, start with that. Start with just looking at what's out there so you can see like what your prospects are seeing and so you can know how to be different. Um, as far as how to be different, yeah, Loom videos are a great way. If you can actually, if you can actually send a video to a prospect um, or another great tip is to ask them if they want a video. So send them an email like you already had made a video for them and just be like, hey, should I send this to you or should I send this to someone else, right? Um, so let's say that you're offering Amazon services, right? You could say, Hey, I noticed that a couple of your listings were missing some of the best practices and this might be losing you guys some conversions. I, I prepared a video to help you out and to add value. Should I send it to you or should I send it to someone else? And if you do that, then you can actually prevent yourself from having to make a lot of videos for people that don't watch it because you're kind of getting them to opt in first. That's a, that's a good tip. Um, 
But yeah, we, we've got a lot of clients that are doing really well with setting like video analysis or Loom videos. Because again, it's just a way to stand out. You don't see it a lot because it takes effort. And it also is, puts the focus more on the prospect of their business, their need, their problems, rather than just yourself, right? Um, so that's a great strategy as well. But really like any form of personalization is going to be great for your copy. And like you said, if you're doing it mass, you can still personalize it a little bit. You can kind of like segment it. So I got a really cool cold email recently where it was uh, someone offering PR services. And he said like, hey, AJ, I saw you from New York. Go Knicks. And I actually ended up you know, connecting with a guy and, and I had him on our podcast because he's a, he's a, I was seeing his cold emails for like months and months. So I'm like, okay, this guy must be really doing this at scale. Um, and what he was telling me was he actually didn't, didn't personalize the email. It was all, he was sending out tens of thousands a month. But he was breaking it up by state and having each state go into a different campaign where he just called out a sports team, right? Of like the city or the state. So you can do that. You can take a big list. Uh, you can still do automated outreach and just segment it out so that you're kind of grouping people together based on state or company size or industry, whatever, and still make it feel personalized. Um, the whole idea is to make it feel relevant, right? When most, what the reason a lot of cold emails go in the trash is because you read it and it just doesn't look relevant to you, right? Like how many times have you gotten offered something in an, in an email or a LinkedIn message and you could just tell, like, if this person actually looked at your website, they would have they would have not offered that to you. It's just, it has no relevance to your business, right? So that's kind of like what our prospects are doing. Whenever they're reading our copy, they're thinking, is this relevant for me, right? Like, this could be great. This could be the best thing in the world. But does this actually help me with my business, right? Um, so, yeah, you can, you can still find that balance of personalizing versus mass automation if you just segment your list and kind of have that, that best, of both, uh, best of both worlds. No, I think you're exactly right. I couldn't couldn't say it better like whether it's you know at least in kansas city um it, it matters to, to be in kansas city kansas city people like supporting local they want to do business with kansas city people um so you know that would be a huge a huge way of connecting with someone's like hey we're both in kansas city hey i just see that you used to live in kansas city or something like that it's just yeah you know that works here um another thing is like uh i get a lot of um like after I've been to a conference, uh, or even if I signed up for a conference, um, a lot of times getting emails and lead gen from other businesses there that were like, Hey, I know we didn't get to connect at XYZ, or, uh, I saw that you were at XYZ. So was I, um, you know, some common ground, I guess, to have that conversation. And, um, those are the ones that really catch my eye. And I'm like, Oh, did I run into them? Like, you know, I at least like think about it. Like, uh, you know, did I see their company there? Did I see that? Um, it makes you be like, okay, we're at least in the same industry. I would have went to that conference to maybe meet them in person anyway, because that's why you're there. You're there to network. So, um, great advice. Like, so we're coming up on time and before we like round out, this has all been super amazing, super helpful. Um, two things, like what's something you're working on, um, in the company that you're excited about in 2023, you know, besides just getting new clients, what's something you guys are working towards? Maybe it's a, a new way of lead gen or, or, or some area you're taking the business. And then two, as, as AJ, um, what's something you're working on that you're excited, you know, personally? Yeah. So first one was just for, uh, for the business. Yeah. Um, yeah. One thing I'm excited for is uh, to start building up our team more. We have a team of nine people now. Um, and I've kind of realized, you know, what I'm after being business for a while, you start to, you probably get it too, right? You start to realize what you're good at, what gives you energy, what doesn't. And I've started to realize that I'm really not an operations person. Um, I spend a lot of time helping our clients, helping our team, but I really, you know, am in my happy place when I'm like writing copy, working on content, working on marketing strategy, or working on our product. So um, we just hired our first executive role as operations manager, and I'm really excited to keep building out that side of the business so I can pass off departments fully and just have that free time back, right? Like, you know, I've started to, you know, I've started to systemize the business a little bit more. I've got myself out of sales. So we have a sales team um, next is operations, but I'm just really excited to see more of like the machine running by itself and allowing me to work on what I do best and spend more time working on the vision, the strategy, improving the products. Um, so that's something I'm super, super excited about. That. Yeah. And that's and a big then, step. That's a big step. I think 10 employees specifically is like a benchmark. Uh, it's, it's, it's a real team. Like at that point, and not that you're not a real team now, it's just like, wow, 10, the communication has to be different. Um, yeah. you know, delegation is different. Your systems are different. It's a level, it's a level to it. And yeah. for me, um, probably the last, I've been out of it maybe like eight months, but for two years prior to this, uh, from 2020 till, you know, 2022 was very much in operations and trying to scale the business. We brought in consultants, coaching. Uh, it was just like, let's get all our systems better. Let's get our project management better. Let's get our SOPs better. Um, and that's just not for me. Like I, I'm a innovator. I'm a trailblazer. I like to create, I like to be in that creative marketing idea space. That's where I'm at my best versus like, this thing is at 90%. I need it to be at 98%. And I'm going to just like 
you know, just dial it in and tweak yeah. it and optimize it and really focus on, cause I'm someone that's like, that's great. You know, instead of like, that could be just a little bit better. Like if we Linear, have that shade yeah. of yellow, just like, you know, dialed in, uh, that's just not me to nitpick stuff. Like, you know, I like to be a visionary. So I 100% understand with that. Um, and too many owners get stuck, uh, doing the things that they hate and then they, f they fall out of love with their business and what they're mm. doing um, totally, so, yeah. you know, out in front. Okay. And then, um, you know, to round out like you outside of the business, just to bring a little intentionality there, because, you know, the founders, we, we have uh, multiple facets to our life. Um, you know, what's something that you're working on um, just in 2023 or that you're like a new hobby or, or something you're exploring that you're excited about? Um, yeah, one thing on the personal side I'm excited for is um, luckily to be moving over the next year. I've been in Vietnam the last four years. So I went from New York, living in New York to living in Vietnam by the beach, literally two polar opposites. And now I'm looking forward to being somewhere a little bit in the middle, a little bit more hustle and bustle, a little bit more stuff to do, um, but also still like very chill and relaxed, like the, the paradise it is out here. So, um, and my wife's from Vietnam as well. I met her while I was traveling out here. She's never lived anywhere else. She's never, I took her to the US for the first time last Christmas and she was like amazed, right? Um, so yeah, we're actually looking to either move back to the US or gonna be checking out some spots in Europe, like maybe Portugal or Spain. Um, we go for a visit and then see where we wanna move, but um it's going to be hectic because I've been here the last four years and we also have three dogs. So we've got to figure out how to move them. But uh, really excited just for the, the next chapter. I always find just moving and going to a new place or changing your environment. It just brings so much like creativity and fresh ideas and inspiration and just like changing the routines. It's like a, a fresh slate. So excited to, to move on a bit more. I couldn't agree more. And there's something very like, um, like just gives grants perspective and gives like you know to, to me it builds up my gratitude whenever i'm with someone like like your wife that's experiencing stuff new that we take for granted and you get to yeah. see them experience it it's like you know probably like christmas with having a little kid you know in the family yeah. now and you're getting to see them see the presents and you're grown and you're like it's christmas i can buy this myself but like seeing the the joy and the excitement of someone experiencing something new is just like invigorating to me uh and i've built my life to be able to travel in uh, uh, that's really why I get inspiration and, and my creativity is from, from traveling and from music. So um, I wish you the best on those journeys. Portugal, I went to Portimao last June and it, it was maybe one of the best weekends of my life. Just had an absolute best time on the beach at a festival there uh, with my best friend, taking a little break from work, shutting the computers and just checking out. Um, so uh, good good luck with that. As we, as we round out to where can people connect with you? Where can people reach you? Where can people find your content um, and continue to engage with you? Yeah, for sure. So the best way to learn from, the best way to connect with me or learn from me and where I teach a lot more of the outbound stuff is in our Facebook group. We have a Facebook group called B2B Sales and Marketing Secrets. It's totally free, open to the public. And we, yeah, that's where I post like tons and tons of uh, training around the subject of outbound or lead gen or scaling an agency. And also really active in there. You can connect with me anytime, send me a message, drop me a question. And then also on LinkedIn at uh, AJ Casada. And also okay, awesome. on Twitter, you'll be one of my first few followers if you follow me there. Okay, I think they're changing the name. I saw something I saw something today, like Elon Musk is changing the name. I don't know if that was real or not. I heard so. about that too, yeah. I didn't know what yeah. the name was, but we'll see we'll see um and i'll get i'll get those links guys uh to our listeners like get those in the in the um show notes so if you're driving or uh unable to write that down uh with what aj said about the facebook group we'll get a link there so that that can be shared with you aj thank you so much for your time and being on the show today and and, and sharing value with everybody i appreciate it andrew thanks for having me it was a fun chat of course. And thank you, hustlers, for tuning in. Thanks to our sponsor, FullScale. Do you need to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders? Let FullScale help. They have the people and the platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. When you visit FullScale.io, all you need to do is answer a few questions, then let the platform match you up with fully vetted, highly experienced team of software engineers, testers, and leaders. At FullScale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit FullScale.io. Thank you, hustlers. We'll see you next time. Thanks, you, AJ. We'll see you. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time. <laughs>